Welcome everyone to the Hikes Peak Podcast. Thank you for coming back to the mountain for a week with only three games. Week six was action-packed. Wyoming gets one of their biggest wins in recent history. Boise State got the come-from-behind win to get their season back on track. And Utah State continued to roll against Colorado State. We'll then go over all the great games to come in week seven. As always, we'll finish the show by handing out this week's Hikes Peak Weekly MVP. And we'll also have an extra segment at the end of the show. Let's get right into it. First up, let's talk about the biggest game of the week with number 24 Fresno State traveling to Laramie to take on Wyoming in one of the most anticipated matchups of the year. Lived up to the hype. Wyoming went up early after a field goal and touchdown, both of which came after long drives. The Bulldogs found Jalen Moss in the end zone to make it 10-7, but Wyatt Whelan's second touchdown catch of the quarter and a Trayton Welch score just before halftime put the Cow Cowboys up 24-7. Wyoming's offense wouldn't score again, but Mikey Keene and the Bulldogs got two field goals to cut the lead to 11 with eight minutes left. Needing a spark, Jeff Tedford calls for the surprise onside kick, and it works perfectly. Backup Logan Fife came in after Keene was hurt on the previous drive, and he led a drive into the end zone minus the two-point attempt to make it a 24-19 game. Another Wyoming drive came up empty, this time with a missed field goal, giving Fresno the chance to complete the comeback. Fife started to move his team down the field, but his throw with 46 seconds left was batted into the air and caught by star defensive tackle Cole Godbout to seal their first ranked win since 2016 and break the Bulldogs' 14-game win streak. Andrew Peasley with another game where he got the job done, got the win. The stats won't jump off the page, but he did exactly what his job was. 19 of 27, 183 passing yards, three touchdowns, 25 rushing yards, zero turnovers. Phenomenal day from him. Harrison Whaley had a pretty solid game of 83 rushing yards and 14 receiving yards. Trayton Welch had six catches, 74 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Wyatt Wheeland had his five catches, 50 receiving yards, and two touchdowns in the second quarter. Shea Suiyanoa had another great game with 12 tackles and a sack. Easton Gibbs, of course, always coming to play with eight tackles, a tackle for loss, and a forced fumble. And Cole Godbout had four tackles, half of a sack, and that game-winning interception. Mikey Keene, before he left the game, was fine. Wasn't too dynamic, though. 23 of 35, 218 passing yards, and a touchdown. Jalen Moss, Fresno has really found something in this freshman. Nine catches, 115 receiving yards, and a touchdown. He's a beast. Mac Delana, the senior, had a very good game. Eight catches, 90 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Devo Bridges had six tackles, one and a half TFLs, and a sack. And Maurice Norris had six tackles and three deflections. Next up, we had San Jose State visiting the Blue Turf to take on Boise State. It was a slow start for the Broncos with San Jose State using two early takeaways to go up 14-0. Shevin and the Spartans offense were borderline unstoppable in the first half. If it wasn't for Maddox Madsen's two touchdowns, one of which was the 83-yarder to Eric McAllister, the score would have been much less manageable than 27-14. After a slow start from both teams to start the second half, Boise got back into the end zone with Taylor Green after getting set up by an Ashton Genty 
38-yard run. One drive later, Taylor Green ran in a touchdown again to give Boise State a one-point lead, their first lead of the game. After one more stop from the defense, Boise got the ball into the end zone one more time to go up by eight with three minutes to play. The Spartans offense that was so potent in the first half failed to score again with three punts, two turnover on downs, and an interception. An essential win for the Broncos as they get their season back on track and a back-breaking collapse for a San Jose State team that really needs to get back into the win column. The two-quarterback system is going pretty solidly, all things considered. Maddox Madsen had a pretty good game, 9 of 16, 155 passing yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He also ran for a touchdown, but did have a fumble too. Taylor Green, 74 passing yards and a touchdown, also ran for two touchdowns. So both quarterbacks clearly have their elements that they're more consistent in. So I can see why Avalos is going with this system. I just don't know if it's going to hold up long term and if it's going to stunt Taylor Green's development. Ashton Genty continues to dominate 24 carries, 167 rushing yards, two fumbles though, which is a bit concerning. Eric McAllister had another phenomenal game with five catches, 170 receiving yards and a touchdown. Marco Notarini had six tackles, a sack and a deflection. And Ahmed Hassanane had a pretty good game with four tackles and one and a half sacks. Chevin Cordiero played fine for the most part, 23 of 38, 325 passing yards and an interception. He also ran for a touchdown. Kyrie Robinson had a pretty good game with 61 rushing yards, a touchdown and 73 receiving yards. Nick Nash was their best receiver, four catches, 99 receiving yards. Brian Parham with another banner performance, 12 tackles, two fumble recoveries and a forced fumble. And Jordan Pollard continues to have a very good year with seven tackles, a tackle for loss, an interception and a forced fumble. Our final game of the week to go over was Colorado State going to Logan to play Utah State. And this was one of the hardest games of the week to predict. The Rams got off to a hot start in their conference opener, going up 17-0 early thanks to a Torrey Horton punt return touchdown and a Van Shield touchdown run that came off of an interception. But after that, the Aggies controlled everything. By halftime, the score was knotted up at 17. And while Colorado State's offense continued to get stuck in the mud, Utah State hit on two more huge touchdown passes in the third and one more early in the fourth to make it 37 unanswered points from Cooper Lagai and the Aggies. The Rams finally found the end zone with Kobe Johnson to cut the lead to 13 with nine minutes to play, but Devon Booth's 48-yard scamper to the house would end any hope the Rams had. The Aggies show a ton of poise coming back in this game and get to 500 for the first time this year, while the Rams have one of their worst performances of the year as they head deeper into the Mountain West waters. Cooper Lega had a few turnovers, but overall was very good. 19 of 29, 387 passing yards, four touchdowns, those two interceptions and fumble were not too great, but overall very good performance from him. Devon Booth had 141 rushing yards and two touchdowns on just 14 carries. Three Aggie wide receivers had incredible days. Terrell Vaughn, of course, a big name, eight catches, 143 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Royals, who's burst onto the scene as one of the most dynamic receivers in the conference, six catches, 140 receiving yards and two touchdowns. And Micah Davis, a very good third option. He had five catches, 104 receiving yards and a touchdown. MJ Tafisi had a great game, nine tackles and three tackles for loss. Ike Larson had seven tackles and two interceptions. And Simeon Harris also had an interception. Brian Fowler Nicolosi had arguably his worst game of his career so far. 26 of 57, 225 passing yards, three interceptions and a fumble. Just a really rough outing from him, but you got to consider he's just a freshman. Kobe Johnson probably had the best day of anybody on the offense with 56 rushing yards, a touchdown and 17 receiving yards. Justin Sanchez 
Martinez had a very good game, 14 tackles, which led the team. And Chase Wilson had eight tackles and a sack. With week six taken care of, let's talk about everything in week seven, starting with on Friday night, Fresno State off of that Laramie loss coming to play Utah State. The Bulldogs are a six-point favorite. Great matchup here. The Bulldogs are out of the top 25 after their close loss in Laramie and also got hit with some injuries. Quarterback Mikey Keene is questionable for this game and star corner Cam Lockridge is out for the season. Utah State got its second straight win after putting up over 600 yards on Colorado State and will try to get above 500 for the first time this year. The Bulldogs will need their run game to be a factor with or without Keene. They'll also need their secondary to slow down the Aggies trio of dynamic receivers, of course, Terrell Vaughn, Jalen Royals, and Micah Davis. Utah State will have to get the pressure on whichever quarterback Fresno State sends out, as well as converting on their red zone opportunities. They had plenty of big play scores last week, and that's why they won comfortably despite four turnovers. For them to win this one, they might be able to get away with a giveaway or two, as long as they get in the end zone when they have the opportunity to. My prediction, while the Aggies were incredible offensively last week, there is an ocean-sized difference between Colorado State and Fresno State's defense. Even with Lockridge gone, the Bulldogs have one of the best defenses in the country. Cooper Lagai has been great since taking back over as starter, but he hasn't faced a defense like this in quite some time. I think even with Logan Fife at quarterback, the Bulldogs get the win thanks to four takeaways from the defense and a big day from Malik Sherrod. My final, Fresno State 31, Utah State 17. Next, we have Boise State visiting Fort Collins to take on Colorado State. The Broncos are a seven and a half point favorite. Broncos came all the way back to beat San Jose State, making it likely that they've got the season back on track. The Rams were up 17-0 early against Utah State, but fell apart down the stretch, losing by 20 points. Colorado State is still hoping that stars Tory Horton and Mohamed Kamara will be ready to play, but regardless, Braden Fowler-Nicolosi has to have a rebound game. They can't win this game without him throwing for at least a pair of touchdowns. The secondary will also need to bounce back against an explosive Bronco receiving core. Boise State will need to keep both of their quarterbacks comfortable as turnovers could be a real killer if they occur. They'll also have to avoid any home run plays from the Rams stars, keep everything in front of you like Utah State did, and you'll be fine. My prediction with the injuries piling up for Colorado State, it'd be quite the feat if they won this one. I just don't see it. The Broncos are starting to figure it out offensively with this weird tandem quarterback strategy and defensively had one of their best halves of the year to beat San Jose State. Brandon Fowler Nicolosi plays well enough to keep it close, but he throws a pair of interceptions that are the difference. My final Boise State 38, Colorado State 34. Next, we have two teams coming off of a bye week. UNLV going to play winless Nevada, a showcase of teams with opposite trajectories as far as this season goes. Nevada is still searching for their first win while Barry Odom has his squad at 4-1 with an SEC victory on the resume. Both teams will be helped by the bye week, but UNLV could really benefit if quarterback Doug Brumfield is ready to go for this game. The Rebels will have to focus on picking on the Wolfpack's struggling secondary as well as slowing down the Wolfpack's run game enough to force them to throw the ball. Ken Wilson will need his team to have a hot start. He'll need them to run the ball well and pressure the QB, whoever that may be. If they can't, they have no chance at pulling off this upset. My prediction, I would love to pick Nevada to get their first win here, but I can't trust that offense. They just can't throw the ball with Brendan Lewis behind center, and they'll also struggle to stop all of the Rebels' talented rushers. I think UNLV cruises through 60 minutes, never breaking a sweat. My final, UNLV 42, Nevada 10. Next, we have San Jose State traveling to Albuquerque to play New Mexico. Two teams looking for their first conference win of the year. The Spartans drop to 1-5 
five after their poor second half and Boise cost them the game, meaning they still haven't beaten FBS team this year. The Lobos got the week off after their close loss to Wyoming and have certainly been laser focused on how they'll run the ball against the Spartans. New Mexico will have to dominate on the ground, control time of possession, and figure out how to fluster the Spartans offensively. If they're in a groove, they're real tough to stop. But if they're out of rhythm, they're ripe for the picking. San Jose State will have to protect Chevin Cordiero and the ball, force the Lobos to throw it, and capitalize on red zone opportunities. My prediction, the Spartans almost got back on track last week, and I think they complete the job this week. The Lobos are much improved from last year, but are overall probably not as dangerous as Boise State was. I think Chevin Cordiero has a bounce back performance and the defense forces multiple turnovers to lead San Jose State to their first FBS win of the year. My final San Jose State 34, New Mexico 24. By far the biggest game of the week, we have the 5-1 Wyoming Cowboys visiting Colorado Springs to take on undefeated Air Force. Immediately after slaying the dragon of Fresno State, Wyoming will again have to prove their worth against a Mountain West powerhouse. Air Force, while not as flashy as Fresno State, has one of the best defenses in the country and an offense that's hitting its stride, dropping over 44 points a game over their last three contests. The offense that was once a question mark is now an exclamation point with a ton of players who are capable of being the bell cow on any given day. Wyoming will have to keep the Falcons out of the end zone whenever possible and will need Harrison Whaley to break a few big runs off. Air Force will have to pressure Andrew Peasley, take an early lead, and bleed clock as always. My prediction, don't expect much scoring here. I'd be shocked if either team scored above 20 points. Nevertheless, this is the best team that Air Force has faced all year, no question. Can their offense really thrive against a similarly competent defense? I'm not so sure. I'm going for the upset pick here. The Cowboys always find a way to win, and Harrison Whaley uses two fourth quarter house calls to seal the deal and put Wyoming firmly in the driver's seat of the conference. My final Wyoming 17, Air Force 10. And our final game to go over is San Diego State visiting Hawaii. Both teams are coming off of a bye week and are in positions where they likely need to win their next two games to make a bowl game. The Aztecs have lost four straight by an average of 21 points with their signature run game being less and less effective. Hawaii is coming off a disappointing showing in Las Vegas, but they can get on the fast track to six wins if they get the victory here. San Diego State will need to establish the run game. If their passing game is what drives them, it isn't going to work out as well as getting consistent pressure on Braden Shager. The Rainbow Warriors will look to force some turnovers, hit some home runs with the passing game, and avoid any giveaways on their end. My prediction, as poor as this season has been for Brady Hoke and the Aztecs, they always have a knack for getting a lot of takeaways. I think that's the key here as San Diego State's run game is consistent and conservative, while Braden Shager's three turnovers are too much for Hawaii to overcome. Aztecs get a much-needed win. My final San Diego State 27, Hawaii 21. Now it's time to hand out this week's Hikes Peak Weekly MVP, and I'm going to give it to the safety Ike Larson for his performance of seven tackles and two interceptions against Colorado State. Come on down, Ike. Those two interceptions in the first half kept his team in the game and helped the Aggies get to three and three after beating the Rams by 20. Congrats to you, Ike. Finally, the extra segment I've been hyping up for a week or so. Let's go over the top three players at every position at this point in the Mountain West season. At quarterback, I have Hawaii's Braden Shager at three. Hasn't been the most consistent, but he's consistently putting up big yardage totals. At number two, I have Andrew Peasley. He just seems to do whatever Wyoming needs, and he's gotten a bunch of big wins already this year. And my best quarterback in the conference currently is Mike 
Mikey Keene. What a pleasant surprise he's been for Fresno State, leading them to a ranking in the top 25. At running back, I really struggled with this third place guy. I decided to go with Ja'Cory Krosky Merritt from New Mexico over Emmanuel Michelle. JCM, the Alabama State transfer, has been phenomenal, has been the Lobos lead back, and has really been the focal point of their offense. He's had a great season so far. Hope he continues it. The top two were a lot easier. At number two, I have Harrison Whaley. He's been incredible since he got onto the field after missing the first couple weeks. He's just been so huge for that Wyoming team. And at number one, I have Ashton Genty, who just looks more and more like a Sunday player. Just incredible. He's one of the most talented players in the entire country. At wide receiver, I really struggled with everybody but the number one spot, but I decided to go with Eric Brooks at three. He's had an incredible season so far with that breakout performance in those first couple weeks against Purdue. Really excited to see how many stats he can compile this year. At number two, I have Terrell Vaughn, who's been incredible the last couple weeks. He's been super consistent, arguably one of the best slot receivers in the entire nation. And at number one, I do have Torrey Horton, who even though he did get a little bit banged up last week, has just been undeniably the best player in the conference so far. Simply put, nobody makes the plays that Torrey Horton makes. On to tight end in third place, I have Dominic Mazzotti from San Jose State. He's gotten off to a pretty good start, almost 200 receiving yards and a touchdown. At number two, I have Mark Redman, who isn't putting up a ton of yards, but he's an incredible red zone threat and a guy that will certainly be drafted. And at number one, I have another Colorado State player, Dolan Holker. Might be the most impactful transfer in the Mountain West this year. Holker has taken the tight end room of the Rams from borderline non-factor to a group with NFL talent in it. For offensive line, I only went three total. Didn't want to do 15 different players. Bear with me. But I did go with Wesley Indago, the Air Force left guard at third. Jacob Spomer, the Fresno State left tackle at two. And Adam Karras, the Air Force tackle at one. Moving on to the defense, we'll start with edge rushers. I have Air Force's PJ Ramsey in third. One of the most productive edge rushers so far this year. Hope he continues his good season. At number two, I have Ahmed Hassanain, who was a D-tackle that moved over to edge, and he's been really good this year. One of the better players on that Broncos defense and the best edge in the conference, no doubt about it. It's Muhammad Kamara. He's got 11 tackles for loss. He's almost got 10 sacks already. He's just off the charts. He's going to be playing on Sundays. Just an absolute monster. At defensive tackle for number three, I went with Tupu Alualu from San Diego State. One of my favorite names to say, but he's also a heck of a player. He's been racking up a lot of tackles, getting to the quarterback a couple of times. At number two, I have Jordan Bertignoli from Wyoming. He's racked up almost 30 tackles already, and while he hasn't gotten to the quarterback a ton, he's just been super effective as a space eater. And my number one defensive tackle so far is Cole Godbout from Wyoming. Yes, Wyoming gets both top tackle spots. Godbout, of course, had that huge interception at the end of the Fresno State game, but he's still been one of the bestie tackles in the conference, no doubt about it. For linebacker at number three, I went with Chase Wilson, who's really broken out onto the scene, been a huge part of that Rams defense, currently leading the conference in tackles. At number two, I have MJ Tafisi from Utah State. He's been incredible, really been one of the biggest parts of that Utah State defense, creates a lot of havoc, forces fumbles, seems to be all over the field. Great season so far for Tafisi. And number one, bit of an easy pick. I went with Easton Gibbs. The stats aren't insane, but you watch him on the field. It's just so clear that he is an NFL linebacker waiting to get on the field. At the corner position for number three, I have Dante Martin, who hasn't racked up a ton of stats, but he grades out very well and has really been one of the most consistent corners in the Mountain West over the last few years. At number two, I have Carlton Johnson, who has four interceptions. He's been a huge part of that Fresno State defense, filling in for the production that Cam Locker 
Burbridge left after he got hurt. He's had a great season so far. Also want to shout out Maurice Norris, who almost made this list. Another Fresno State corner. And at number one, I have Noah Tumblin from San Diego State, who is leading the conference in deflections, also has a pair of interceptions. He's had a phenomenal year. Definitely a building block for that secondary going forward. At safety for our third spot, I went with Sidarius Barfield. He's got three interceptions. Always seems to be at the right place at the right time. Things aren't going too well for San Diego State right now, but Barfield is playing his butt off. At number two, I have Trey Taylor from Air Force, one of our early Defensive Player of the Year nominees. He's been as advertised. And number one, I decided to go with Ike Larson over Trey Taylor from Utah State. Those two interceptions last week were very key, but he's still been one of the most dynamic safeties in the country. Whenever he's on the field, it just seems like he's making plays. Real quick, we'll run through the specialists. Running through the kickers real quick, I have Fresno State's Dylan Lynch at number three. I have UNLV's Jose Pisano at number two, and I have Wyoming's John Hoyland at number one. For punter, I have Jack Browning from San Diego State at three. I have Patty Turner from Colorado State at two, and James Ferguson Reynolds at one for Boise State. He's been one of the best punters in the country. And for kick returner and punt returner, I only went with one guy each, but for kick returner, it's Jacob DeJesus from UNLV, and for punt returner, it is Tori Horton again. That's it for this episode of the Hikes Peak Podcast. Thank you so much for coming back to the mountain. Make sure to make the trek back here next Tuesday for another brand new episode where we'll talk about what went down in week seven and get you ready for week eight. If you enjoyed the episode, rate the show five stars on whatever platform you're listening on or leave us a review on iTunes. Nothing helps the show out more than that, so any ratings would be greatly appreciated. Follow us on Twitter at MWC Connection and find all of your Mountain West news at MWCConnection.com. Thank you again for listening halfway through the season pretty much and still going strong, so thank you to everyone for sticking with me. Until next time, I'm Jack Thompson. Enjoy your life.